This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace mm. is the easiest, fastest, most reliable, uh, most affordable way <laughs> to create a portfolio, a blog, personal website of any kind. Who knows? Just whatever you want. Whatever you whatever you want to make. If you uh, start your free trial today at squarespace.com, enter the offer code THUMBS for 10% off your first purchase. It's May 4th, 2017. <laughs> this is Idle Thumbs 307. I'm James Spafford. I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm Jake Rodkin. And Chris Remo is not here. But James is. Yeah, I'm here. Uh, yeah. Check hey. out that. That was We're a good intro. Out. Yeah. How's it going, Spaff? I'm good at Remo. I should just be him. Uh, you are him. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chris, what great game have you been playing this week that will <clears throat> bolster this episode and give us content? <laughs> <laughs> Test failed. Oh, boo. Oh. Uh, probably Zelda if it was Chris. That's mm, true. That's true. Yeah. That's actually true. But I'm not him. Yeah. I did play uh, What Remains of Edith Finch. Mm. Did you play that game? I didn't. You're in the credits of this game. I am. You played it. I you did play it. it I played it. The um, Is it Giant Sparrow? That's the name of the developer? Is that right? Yeah, I think so. They did um, Unfinished Swan. They did Unfinished Swan. Yeah, no, they... They had me and actually Chris both uh, play through it like two marches ago. They had the game at GDC two, and, I, and I played I played through an old version of it back then. Um, I wonder how much is what how much it changed since then. I don't, I don't know. I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be an NDA buster and, <laughs> and, and get into that. But uh, yeah, so yeah. Well, yeah. What is it? I am only vaguely aware of what this game you is. You are. Yeah. I'm completely not mentally prepared to. <laughs> it's fine. Talk about it, but um, it is a kind of a walking simulator on the outside, as you would say. I know you, the, yeah, you sort are of very the, a very big fan of walking and simulations. The, the sort of outer shell of it presents like a Gone Home or something where you're yeah. a, a person who goes back to an old family home <laughs> yeah, in the Pacific Northwest home. and it's a big, huge <laughs> mansion. Hmm. Uh, but... <clears throat> there's a it it, un, it reveals itself to be far more than that as you pl- as you get into it. Uh, yeah, you're as you say you're like visiting an old family home where um as it is kind of unveiled to you all your old family members rooms are still intact from uh the day that they died and each of them has an interesting tale uh of how they met their demise, which you experience kind of firsthand. But each each story is uh, um, like a completely different uh, mechanic. Like it's actually a whole bunch of different um, narrative-driven um, kind of experiences, kind of you know, yeah, I, sewn together. I can't with remember this who shell. who said it, but someone on Twitter described it as a walking simulator that is a sh- like that is a container for narrative WarioWare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. There's like a ton of yeah. these vignettes that are each like five to 20 minutes long and yeah they're all the presentation aesthetically is very different the mechanics are very different and the whole sort of fun of the game is when you advance through the house and you find another one of these rooms with the story in it you don't know what to expect and you sort of the whole point is to sort of sit down and play through a new strange experience yeah it's like super um dreamy and um you know kind of trippy 
like drifting in and out of all these different um, people, but all the stories are, are connected because that's your your family, and the the structure of it each time you you know complete one is you like fill in a little spot on your family tree, you know you're like oh cool that's you know that's do you fill it in yourself? Do you like uh, it? It brings up a little pencil driven thing. That's why I'm like you know going. You don't have to do like the like lotto <laughs> scratch or no, coin, <laughs> but the controls for for like accessing <clears throat> that stuff are. Um, more mechanical than you expect like that menu that it is a menu obviously it comes up with the you know the yep. book of this family tree but to put it away isn't like clothes it's it's like analog stick like my hand is moving this out of my face um, but each one is is so good I really enjoy it just it's really easy to blast through the whole thing in I don't know four or five hours or something um, can you can you Spaff can you give an example of like one me- I'm just yeah, curious because I don't to think of the least like one mechanic of, of ones. yeah some are really short and some are much longer. Like one of them is a comic book that you flip through the pages of. The mm. e, the E3 um, demo that like has been at a billion events is probably a, an easy one to talk about because it's just been shown a billion bajillion times. Is that just, the one where you're a cat? And, yeah, it's and it's like a kid's story of themselves, but they're sort of. It seems like they're imagining themselves as animals that they see out the window of their bedroom, mm. and as you're reading the story, you become those those things but then it's sort of the character that you the animal that you're playing sort of transforms as the story changes right like you yeah you're like a cat and then you're you're walking around with some branches chasing a bird and then you catch the bird and you become an owl and you're flying around and you're trying to like dive down on rabbits and and grab them up um and then you become a shark <laughs> you become a shark like in the middle of the woods and have to roll woods. down a hill until you get into the ocean and then you're yeah, swimming oh, around the underwater that's the one thing i've seen of this game yeah, yeah right. so i was just like every shark rolling down a hill and you sort of think okay maybe this is the game where i play as a bunch of different creatures and i control them whatever get fucked that story ends and then you're back in the walking simulator mm. uh sort of frame story and then you find something else and like you said you're in a comic book or like it's a weird and that's more sort of like panel based vignettes or something and just it it doesn't deviate too heavily out of like narrative first person as a as a as a thing to play with, but they push the, the limits at least when I played it a year ago farther yeah. out than you would expect. And there's weird exceptions to it and stuff. You you can't talk about it too much, yeah, because sure. it's it, the whole sort of the the thing that it. I mean, it's just a it's a content factory that you yep. that you consume. I don't spoiler stuff. I will. I I do want to share one that's much later in the game that is just. I'm trying to think of a way of talking about it without actually spoiling it, but it manages to kind of convey the idea that a person has a menial job um, packing salmon into cans or whatever. His job is like cutting the heads off of fish, but also whilst doing that is daydreaming, daydreaming. about this that was, fantasy land. That was land. the best part of the game, and I don't and want to spoil yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not going to go yeah. much further than that, but it does such a good job of putting you in that place where you're doing two things at once, and a menial task becomes a background thing that you're still functioning and doing with like one part of your brain but you're also doing this entire yeah you're sort of like constructing this imagined world as this character like yeah that was that was amazing that was easily the the standout thing in the game for me Uh, sounds really good yeah it's um you know i mean it still very much is 100 percent a narrative game that you walk through and experience and complete its goals so like if you don't if the story that it's telling doesn't resonate with you, there's not anything else to hold on to <laughs> in this game, which is true of any game that's 100% narrative. But, like, it's it's beautiful visually. Like, it actually, it's funny, 
the other game that's come out in the last year that has a beautiful old house that you wander around in and is uh, and is creepy as fuck is Resident Evil 7. And the Resident Evil 7 house and the Edith Finch house have a, like, their architectural layout is very similar, but also, like, uh, it turns out that what I like is walking around a big old house that's really, really well rendered. Like, everything in Edith Finch... I've got a game for you. Is very, ...is very just, like, pristinely put together. Like, it's mm. sort of, like... A sort of dark fable version of a Wes Anderson style presentation, mm. almost where it's not like it doesn't have the sort of everything is very prim and forward, like one point perspective Wes Anderson stuff, but just the like it's a house steeped in history of this eccentric family that gets weirder the farther back into their history you go and stuff. Yeah. But and it's also Wes Anderson y only in that it is everything is super detailed, there's no you don't feel like there's tons of duplicated props in this game. You don't feel like there's things that are put there for no purpose. Like, again, they're doing a very specific thing narratively, and there are people who I'm sure are just going to bounce right off this game and go, this is not what I'm interested in. But if it grabs you, I'm sure that there, there are people who are just going to be uh, who are going to be super into it. It's <laughs> For people that just thought Gone Home was that ghost game, this is that ghost game. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, like this is much closer to that. If you played Gone Home, then when you got to the Ouija board, you became Uncle Oscar. Uh, that would be a really troubling uh, storyline, actually. That would be terrible. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. That the like that you know walking around narrative thing really help, helps to hold it all together really well, though. I think, yeah. and really, yeah, draws you into each because each story is. You know, it's not just a cool story or a weird game. It's how the person died or how someone in that story. Uh, died, yeah, and that's, so they're all kind of crazy and weird and dark, or you know. Yep. <laughs> you know they're all going to have an end. Yeah, yeah, and so you're kind of like, oh, want to have this person? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I liked it a lot. Please play it. Okay. Sure. Do it. I think I will. Sound. I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Hype man, you've been walking around some other games. Uh yeah, Jake and I played the Prey demo. The Prey demo, because I mean, Prey comes out the day after this episode comes out. I think. I think it comes it out this this Friday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How may many, May the fifth be with you. How <laughs> many preys are we in? So now? this is Prey. This is this is the third Prey. No, right? this I, is the, this is the second Prey. Oh right, God, the first Prey came out. <laughs> no, that, no, no, the second Prey came out, prey. which was the um. Right. Oh, I mean, God, I mean, nineties Prey. Did did that? Did nineties Prey ever ship? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You played as uh, the Native American. But then there was... Um, there's was Tommy the, wait, or whatever, no, sorry. There's, you so you're saying... by aliens and okay, there was... Okay, hold like, on. There's GT but, Interactive <laughs> Prey that was teased at E3 like 2000. Oh, wait, 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 wait. There's that... Pre, that came out, one. but it was a but yeah. it was a vastly different... I, I think it got completely... No, I'm talking about there's like a, like Quake One Two era Prey yeah. released by oh, that was hyped up huge by GT Interactive that was and it was like oh with the impossible yeah, geometry but then but then, that, they, then that game died and went into like a 3D realms nap for like half a decade or more then yeah. came back and did ship as the yeah the game where you play as right. the, the Native American guy's name I can't remember and you're in the bar the and Tommy. Blue Oyster Cult's playing and you get ripped yeah, out yeah, and abducted yeah. by aliens and there's portals that wasn't like up-resed yeah. thing that delivered on the original Prey that was promised in the early 2000s or late 90s yeah. and weirdly that game had a really long demo that everybody played 
Uh, and that was like an amazing yeah. slice of a game that like didn't really fulfill its promise. I'm sure that yeah. won't be the case with this game, but every, I think that, that right. game was very notable for like having an hour long so crazy. Demo, that was there was a first which because Prey was a 3D Realms thing, wasn't it? Yeah, and it it, it was living yes. in the same weird. I don't know if it was developed by 3D Realms, but I think it was in their sort of stable of these are licenses that are I believe. It was, uh, well, a, they sold the license eventually. Yes, to but it uh, felt like it. And it was like a Jute Nukem era, like yeah, exactly. Thing, yes. right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it turned out that I feel like that was <laughs> I. I can't remember enough about it, but I feel like it was another one of those games that George uh, Broussard and Scott Miller kept being like, "Oh, well, someone's working on it." Huge wink. And then eventually, when it showed up later as a game that existed. And it was really ambiguous at the time. I remember and that was like E3 2005 when that when Prey was uh, being demoed. Like, has this literally just been churning in development, or did it, did it just get a hard cut and die for three or four years? Then someone right. picked it up. But whatever. And now it's back. Sure. There was going to be a sequel to that <laughs> that died. Right. This Wait, new that Prey was, that was demoed at E3. Yes. Wait, really? Uh, this, made, yeah. This Prey new two, yeah. Prey two, which was being made by Human Head, which was about <laughs> yes. a sci-fi bounty hunter yeah. on a planet <gasps> where you Prey, track down like targets and stuff. Prey is like is like gunning uh, for the sort of the Starcraft Ghost Award yeah. for games demoed at E3 the most times that didn't shit. It is it is amusing to me that it went from Prey to Prey two and now we're back to Prey. But that was after uh, Prey. Is it just called Prey now? Yeah, yes, it's just Prey. So there was Prey. The GT Interactive Prey. Then there was Prey, the one that actually shipped. Mm-hmm. Then there was Prey no, Two, right. yeah. the Human Head Prey Two, and now we're back to Prey. God, I should have worn, worn my Prey Two shirt today. Why didn't I do that? What a, what a disaster! Anyway, we've talked about Prey and Prey Two enough times. We should talk about Prey. Oh, I guess so. What a fucking disaster. So you play as a guy, a Native American, in a no. <laughs> yeah, it was a game they demoed at E3, but I don't think it came out. Anyway, there's this new game, Prey. <laughs> happening uh, this game really does not want to be made <laughs> this game definitely does want to be made I so guess the, it really yeah. wants so to be there's made. the new yeah. prey uh it's it's, it's it was made by arcane, it's arcane uh, in austin yeah. yeah and it has absolutely nothing to do with any previous prey games i mean maybe there's going to be just maybe there's going to be something revealed in yeah. the in the game but they yeah. in interviews They've literally said we had the brand and we thought the name was really cool, so <laughs> we applied it to the game that we're telling. I mean, the thing that it has in Sorry, common with previous Prey games, I guess, is that it just is outrageous, highly designed science fiction premise. The end. Yeah, yeah I can tell you a alone thing about it other than the no. possible geometries, yeah. the Native yeah. American guy, yeah, the origi- and the alien. The original bar Prey, scene. its yeah. its whole big deal was we have portals. Like before, right. yeah. portals. they would do things like well, they would like. I remember the one scene that I that I can I have any memory of um, at all was just like you get you get, go through a portal. Like you see, well, first you see like a desk with like a like a box on it, mm-hmm. and then like you're there's like about, a, a scale, about original play, right? Yeah, original play, wait, and there's wait, like wait, a wait, scale model of like, <laughs> there's like a scale model of like a house, and you go through the portal, and then you're now in the house as like a tiny man, and then a mm. giant alien walks up, and that yeah. was that was basically yeah that game. It like was just one lots of, those, sort of like lots of NYU like experimental gameplay, yeah, or like, like a bunch yeah. of like they like just a got into the fact that yeah, you yeah, know, like, that weird thing by Peter Molyneux. And yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, oh the thing where you build a chair out of cubes and the it becomes room. a chair. Yeah, the or whatever mm-hmm. which was actually made by the yeah. Anyway, <laughs> enough. Oh my god. So the the new prey by Arcane. I played the demo. I played it all the way through. I apparently did not scratch the surface of this demo because this demo mm. is insane. I talked to Steve Gaynor, and he said he's put six hours into this demo. Oh, man. Like, just strip mining all content out of it. Wow. 
this new prey game, I've read not very much about it. I went into the yeah, demo pretty pretty cold or pretty cold slash blind. Um, it seems cold and blind. I went th- blind. I, this game seems like it is Arcane's ridiculous like love letter slash pastiche. Yeah. To every descendant of the Looking Glass school and yeah. every descendant of Half Life. Yeah, it is a crazy. It, it's just like the, I remember. Pray, fuck it. It's yeah. in this video game. It's a strange experience. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I was still there when they when they were like booting this up at, at Bethesda. Um, and I remember of course that because they've been working on it since the beginning of time. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I remember, I remember like hearing like, I was like, well, you know, what's the deal with this prey thing? Like, what are they doing with it? It's not going to, it's not going to be a sequel anymore. Right. I mean, cause they're rebooting right. arcane. And that was exactly what I heard, which is like, Oh, they're just, they're full on yeah. making a looking glass game. It's, and it's, that's what it's going to be. It's and I was like, Oh man, that I'm glad that that sounds much yeah, better okay. than it could all be. The, all of the E3 demos and trailers for this showed or not E3, whatever it was, the trailers and sort of just yeah. the video marketing before this demo showed stuff that made it look kind of like it might be a horror game. It mm-hmm. also looked like you could sort of like possess or become inanimate objects and run through the world in them because they're sort of shape-shifting and hiding in plain sight is a mm-hmm. is part of the like what the aliens of this world do that you're fighting. Yeah. But the demo had none of that. However, what it did have is like outrageous halfway between plasmids and uh, classic upgrade chain upgrades. It had a grid-based old-ass, like, inventory, like, slot system. It has the sort of physics pickup and throw things of Half-Life and walking simulators. Oh, yeah, you can pick everything up. Text in a billion books you can read. It has, like... Flushable toilets. Flushable to- wow! Working mirrors. Okay, this, it, <laughs> it doesn't. It does not have working <gasps> mirrors, but what it does have is glass windows that surround all yeah. of this world, and you don't actually know if they're holographic projectors or not. And you can find out by smashing them. Yeah. Uh, because nearly all glass in this game that is interior to the space station on which the game is set is breakable. Okay. Yeah. So it seems like they're going very deep into you can fuck with everything and get weird results um but it is hard what is this game it's <laughs> it's a first well, it? it's a first person science fiction yeah, sort you, of conspiracy th- yeah thriller don't, action, you, action you, game mm-hmm. yes it's a shooter it's a very it's a very sort of like it's bioshocky it's, it's bioshocky it, but it's a the it's bioshocky but is it's it more dishonoredy like you know there's no. stealthy rpg well there, i think there is a, i think there is a stealth like background mechanic but that's not really what it it's, feels like it seems it feels like it's more, more like action Half-Life, action Bioshock combat kind of. reactive stuff but it's it 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 has it seems like they're putting a stake in the ground of this is more old school than some of the newer ones yeah. by way of including things like a grid-based sort of Resident Evil or old-looking glassy inventory. It has a health r- system that doesn't regenerate. A health system that doesn't regenerate. Which, man, I got owned by that because I just I don't think about it anymore. I just assume Same. it's going to regenerate, and then I just died, it's and got- I went, oh, fuck. I got to like, <laughs> use a health pack. Item yeah. item and ammunition <laughs> fabrication and crafting. Like It's yeah. got a bu- like. Harvesting raw materials, then, oh. then synthesizing them into things, then building things out of them. It's like got it those in-world what, Doom what? Three uh, screens as well. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's Wait, a, but there's building. No, I mean like you like building <laughs> items, not like it has base building. Oh, no, like it doesn't crafting. have base building. Yeah, there's a crafting of yeah, of, yeah. of equipment. Crafting. It has not building. <laughs> but then, it, so it has a lot of the sort of mechanical things that you associate with like a shock game. Yeah. But then the aesthetic setting of it feels like this crazy visual pastiche of like 
the sort of art deco stuff from Bioshock mm-hmm. plus the like it clearly has pulled a lot of inspiration from Rapture mm. uh, it, it just like not I sorry I just said Bioshock twice but not just the art deco stuff but sort of the structure of the spaces like well, the, I mean, like yeah. the place that like the big <clears throat> the, main the, lobby the looks like the New yeah. Year's Eve ballroom architecturally yep. but in space but then also there, it feels like there's sort of like Black Mesa or Aperture Science aesthetic stuff to it because like when you get into yeah. the science lab stuff, it feels very very oh, valvey. The, the, the first thirty minutes feels incredibly yeah. Valve-y. It, it's yeah. It's just um, <clears throat> and I mean it's an arcade <laughs> game, arcane game, and <laughs> the characters have a little bit of a sort of dishonored aesthetic to them. Mm-hmm. Like it just feels like they've basically just like supermarket swept. Oh yeah, every major single player first person game since around System Shock 2 and are just picking the stuff they like and putting them into one game it's a weird experience I can't actually tell like it doesn't feel super cohesive to me personally but I also have never gotten into any of the immersive sim games that are Mm. more about the mechanical side and like I mean Bioshock They stripped so much of that stuff down. Bioshock is very arcadey compared to a lot of the other ones. It's yeah. like you can basically just blast the crap out of things and look at cool architecture uh, this in is, Bioshock. This is probably closer to System Shock. I, it seems well, to that's be what I was going to say, right? So, like, uh, Bioshock in space is System Shock. So why is this different to that? How is it different? Uh, God, I haven't played System Shock in a while. I mean, I mean it I feels very color. similar. You're hacking a lot of stuff. You've got the, the mm. same kind of tech trees. Mm-hmm. I, mean, it, that, I mean, that's... That's my memory of System Shock. I mean, like, reading emails and just I weird fucking... the way the story ghosts. is told just yeah. feels more <sighs> of the Bioshock Half-Life yeah. style. There's, the, there's big cinematic NPCs that walk up and talk to you and sort of, like, <laughs> characters, like, sort of Barney their way for you to get yeah. through security doors and stuff. Like, it just... The, the way that the world is paced out until you get to the big open spaces feels just... N- like it's influenced by a bunch of newer stuff. So I started out playing this game uh, by, of course, entering 0451 into every single keypad mm-hmm. and being really frustrated that none of the initial keypads uh, worked with 0451. And then, like, 50 minutes into the demo, you get to, like, basically the like most important. It's, the first it's your office. It's the first crit. It- and I entered 0451 and it opened and I was like, yes! And then I walk in <laughs> and then you play a video file and the video file like ends for like a weird system reason or something. And then it says disconnected from the looking glass servers. And I was like, oh, you son of a, like, fuck you. Yeah. Uh, it is really like very yeah, blatant I, in, in, in what it is self-aware. trying to be, but it's good. I've... I don't know. I, I feel like we're we're failing to actually explain yeah. what what this but I'm is. Enjoying the failure quite it's, significantly. It's just it's just one of these. I don't know. It it does feel a little bit like Half Life One to me. I the, mean, it really does. The enemies like, are basically head crabs. They're basically head crabs, and what they do, they're called mimics, and they um, they they skitter around on the ground. They have four legs like head crabs. Um, and then sometimes they'll just run away from you. Yep. And then when you walk into the room that they ran into, they run away, then morph into an inanimate physics object. Yeah. So then the room is just empty until you get near them or wait too long right. or accidentally so, throw something at them, and then it comes to life. And, and so what they've it, done it is they've designed levels with pairs of things everywhere. Like you will never, you're never gonna find like a fo- like a drinking fountain that's just like a single drinking fountain. There's always the two things next to each other all the time. So that you can question it. Yeah. yeah. Is that 
it's a really thing? good. Is that a thing? Yeah, it's and they give you this ma- like weird glue gun that just shoots glue, so that like I just I was just shooting glue at it shoots, everything like, because I it inflates like, and <laughs> immobilizes. So like <laughs> just, if you, if you all you have at the beginning is a wrench, like right. in the style of Bioshock in, like, or Half Life, yeah. yeah. So you can you can run up to them and just sort of wake one. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you have an axe. Yeah. You can so you can just beat on them like you do a head crab. But the only other real, I mean, as the demo goes on, you get some more stuff. But at the beginning, you basically have that goo gun that just shoots foam that inflates. So you're you're <laughs> like a like one of those. Yeah, things so where you like fill up a gap in a building. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you know you'll you'll just see like a pile of towels on the floor goes bleh, and turns into a monster that starts running away or towards you. Then you just go crazy firing this goo at it. Uh, and in the hopes that you can then just sort of smash it and and then loot it. <laughs> Wasn't there a Team Fortress uh, mod or role for Team Fortress Two? Where Prop you Hunt could... is the Team yeah, Fortress mod. That. In, in Prop Hunt, uh, one person is a TF2 character and everyone else gets disguised as a random Team Fortress level item, and your like objective is just to go right. and crouch. That was very much like uh, there was a game. There was a Quake Two mod, I think it was maybe Quake One called Crate DM, where it's just a <laughs> oh, warehouse full yeah. of crates like Raiders of the Lost Ark, and everyone spawns as a crate. Uh, <laughs> so good. So this game. Two is, this uh, game. Yeah, pray. It feels like pray for. Like they probably weren't literally inspired by those things, but the sort of like, how do we make lemonade out of the lemon that all props in video games are the same object mm-hmm. repeated over and over again? Ah, oh, the yep. monsters can turn into them, and it creeps you out. Is is. Uh, a good thing and as we know from trailers you eventually gain the power to do that it turns out because yeah. the uh, was it at the game awards there was some vi- there was some I, play yeah, video yeah, this year that just yeah. has the player turn into like a coffee mug or something and then just sort of roll <laughs> through a vent or something and it was just like okay that's that's fine i guess i'll i'll do this because of course um <laughs> You can mod the shit out of yourself yeah. and give yourself all sorts of weird abilities. And uh, yeah, I think the one video I saw somebody turned themselves into a banana and then found a way game? to get to space, and then they were just tumbling through space as a banana. I don't know. I feel like yeah, <laughs> I agree. Like I don't know if we're doing a great job summing this up, but also I. Well, one, I, I'm not going to do what Steve did because I am having a really difficult time playing this game with a console controller. It feels like a game that you I'm just so the, much want a mouse PC. for. Yeah. The fact that you can pick everything up in the world, but you have to slowly scroll to it with an analog stick makes Ugh. me want to kill myself. Um, yeah, I'm looking but, forward to, to just yeah. playing through the full game on Steam. Have you read at all about... So, this game, I, I could sort of feel their commitment to the overlapping systems of this game when I was playing it just like realizing once I broke out of my out of like a place that I was trapped in through like the obvious way I looked around and went oh I could have actually done this as a physics action to any like all windows can break right and you know there's a lot of things where just all anything can happen. There's huge objects all over the world that look like you shouldn't be able to physics them, but the UI says once you have, like, strength upgrade three, you can just pick up huge, like, pieces of furniture and physics them around if you want, whatever. But um, people have escaped out of the demo area, and there's more game available inside of this build than, oh, sh- than there should be. Like, I don't know how far you can get before you actually run out of content that you've downloaded, but, yeah. like... There are people who have, like, there's an, uh, an elevator shaft that you can't really climb, but you can use the goo gun to build <laughs> oh, man, uh, just a set speed of running the demo. And, you can, and you can get out of there. <laughs> there's also a video that I saw where someone smashed a window to someone's office, squirted goo onto a wall, and then used it uh, to hit it at a grazing angle with the crossbow to hit a button to unlock a door to that office that's what? not accessible oh in the demo. Wow. Uh, so there's all sorts of stuff that people are doing already inside of this demo. 
That's really good. Uh, hey, this is more interesting. And yeah. uh, Steve said that he saw a video. This is a total physics ex- physics exploit, but it bodes well for the future of this game being an, a source of insanity, where someone wedged themselves between like a terminal and a, a locked door, like that you weren't supposed to get through because it was filled or it was blocked by things that your like encumbrance and strength weren't leveled up to. But someone managed mm-hmm. to sidle into it. Squirt the goo gun against the wall, and then physics impulse themselves through the uh, like clipped through the door into the other oh, room man. due to sort of just like inflating just goo weird, between like, themselves yeah. and the door until the game <laughs> broke. So I wish that was just the game. I guess it is kind of. I suspect yeah. that, like, you know, I mean, the fact that you like, can be uh, anything, like pick up anything, like high, <laughs> high level, around. high level dishonored play is yeah. already really impressive, and this game feels like they're like. Who knows what the real game will be like, but it feels like their intent with what's in this demo is to enable really weird, high-level immersive sim sort of like mucking with, yep. with <laughs> the space. Like mucking. The, the, the sort of lobby that the demo includes has a bazillion locked doors who all just have a note that says inaccessible in demo. So yeah. it's not like they don't reveal how you get into any of these things or what, but the impression that I got is that they won't, they're intending it to be a relatively open space over yeah. the course of the game. I don't know. It was it was a lot more than I was expecting in that in that game in the demo. Yeah. Just Yep. No, it's um what did you think, Nick? I talked the whole time just now. Uh no. I I I don't know if I have much more to add. I I'm excited to play more of it on PC. Yeah. I, I, I yeah I think like my I had no expectations going into this because I just I knew very little and I just kind of thought it was gonna be a system shock thing. I I think that you're probably right that um it's more of a pastiche than I expected. Like I really liked the half lifey stuff. Like I really uh, it's hard because I don't want to spoil that sort of like middle section of the demo that yeah. kind of gets a little bit crazy. I hope that the um, full game sort of ebbs and flows between the j- sort of big, yeah. big open sort of nonlinear explorer space. Then you can get back into some of that sort of Valvey stuff because yeah, yeah they they they're doing a really good job. With it, it was fun. It felt like it felt successfully sort of like cyberpunky, cyberpunk like like cyberpunk twilight zone or jj abrams or something you know yep. of just like not in a shitty way i'm not saying that in a, yeah. in, a, in, a in a dismissive way i mean like it's it's cheesy it's a science fiction conspiracy yeah. action video game yeah but the way that they let you sort of play with things as the demo unfolds was was fun like i, w- I was looking forward to what was next over and over again uh weirdly the game that it reminded me of the most other than half-life was fallout 3 like hmm. like that game also felt like it had the confidence to kind of like take a beat before it sort of shifted into its main yeah. kind of thing. Um, but I agree. I hope they have other sections of the game that are like that, and it's not just the, the sort of intro. It seems sequence. likely. I mean, like yeah. the way that the story of this game works, you get the impression that you'll eventually hit an objective that is like, yep. and now you're in the story part for a while, and right. cool shit happens, and then you're back out picking up rubber hoses and bindles of cable from things to turn yeah. into cubes. Yeah. Which is like that. If, if that is the case, that would be very like Half Life One, right? Like the, the, yeah. my memory of Half Life One and what a lot of games like don't do at this point. They either they seem like they either lean really heavily into kind of the hub space, like explore the game at your own pace mm-hmm. kind of thing, or the opposite, which is just much more linear. But like I felt like with Half Life One, they you it, you kind of had the feeling of like I'm in this the massive. Hub spa- the hub spaces were never actually that big in practice, yeah. but they still gave you that mm. feeling of like you've got to turn on that valve right. so that that 
tube can have water going through it, but to do that, you've got to go under this grate, and it felt like you were sort of running errands all throughout an abandoned yep. lab, and then but then occasionally open the door, like, and yeah. then you get into a little weird story corridor. Right, and like occasionally, it just felt like you, you were just sort of every now and then popping your head up above water, and like, oh, they're like weird soldiers landing now, but yeah. then maybe I don't see them for like an hour, and like, just this sort of background story of everything was being told in a really... Yep. interesting way, and it, f- it feels like this game has the potential for yeah. that because you're you're a silent protagonist on a out of fucking in a, like a weird. Are you a silent pres- protagonist? Yeah, in a weird I thought like you talked. Oh, I. You know what? Mm. You might speak. You might speak, but it, you don't speak much. No, it's. it's Are a, you? It's, I think you American? only speak to yourself in that video. I think that video is the only time that you huh, speak. I thought so that's not you speaking to yourself. That could be anybody. I could be wrong. Richter. Anyway, we don't. Whatever. We don't remember. But whatever. It was. It's. It's. It's nice that they put the demo out with only a week or less than a week till the game comes out because yeah. I'm right now going, that was a really cool demo and I have no idea how long the game will be or how well it will sustain or like what my interest in it will be. But the sort of ambition and weird shit on display, yep. it was like really refreshing. Yep. I'm excited to play it. Also, like you don't get a lot of crazy single player campaigns of this style that sim ship on pc and console and are like just biting off of this much weird stuff like, yeah i definitely didn't possess any physics objects and roll around in this demo <laughs> uh so like the fact that i did instead the entire vocabulary of immersive sims but know that that stuff is still in the game yeah it's like, okay yeah <laughs> it's really weird to me that you can become a coffee cup i guess that's what you become i don't like, know it's so weird that's so, weird. so yeah it also just includes the entire scope of the game everything inside of this game right yes. yeah <laughs> everything and Stanley Parable. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, when we're talking about Edith Finch, Mm. um, the thing that Edith Finch kind of actually reminds me of the most is the beginner's guide. As far as sort of you're taking Mm. on a tour of some, like, fictional life or lives, but as that happens, you know that every time you progress to a new space, a new premise will appear and the way that you sort of get to the end of it or the things that it's trying to tell you are, are different. Like that, it has that feeling to me of sort of, yeah, like you're just, yeah. Sorry. I had forgotten about <laughs> that. I had forgotten about that game until That's it, a good way it was to like, just, what is it? What yeah. is Edith Finch? Like, Oh, it's kind of got that diorama feel of uh, the beginner's guide. Based on what you guys said, that's a, seems like it's a good way to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, we're all talking about games that no one can understand. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Except it's that's fine. not true because we're like, one is a walking simulator. It's kind of like the beginner's guide, but, <laughs> but it isn't. Of, it is. It's, it's, it's not at all. And one of them is kind of just kind, a, of, like kind of just Bioshock. And one yeah. of them is it all looks, games. The aesthetic of um, Prey, mm-hmm. parentheses 2017, yeah. <laughs> reminds me so much of the first trailer to Tacoma. It does. It's got it that does. sort of arched yeah. glass yeah, and like yeah, yeah. brass uh, trim. Yep. Kind With of deco, sli- slightly uh, retro. Yeah. yeah. The font it was. Very, it's really yeah. weird. Yeah. It, like it looks. I had like, that same It looks too. like a giant version of the original Tacoma demo, mm-hmm. which Tacoma doesn't look like anymore. Tacoma, like yeah. their newer stuff, is more is more industrial looking. But yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I assume that they just you know when when they put Tacoma under the knife and changed it, Steve. Uh, licensed the original design to Arcane for <laughs> That's a, a very g- nice way a great at great expense right. and now Steve oh, is sure. a multimillionaire after he's like finally I've cracked the prey IP <laughs> right well, he traded actually for the uh, canceled prey. Uh, Steve got the canceled uh, prey. The canceled prey uh, aesthetic. They did it was an even trade. There yeah. was no uh, royalties. I think he's involved. getting a sweet deal. Yeah. But he forgot to put those parentheses. GT Interactives. In there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what is this? Oh man! Shit! This is the, 
I would be so happy if the Fulbright team just said, you know what? We're going to make a spiritual successor to the canceled 1999 <laughs> GT Interactive Prey. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> Things that will never happen include no. that. But like, They could, though. Just those they guys, could do it. Those guys, just go make a No One Lives Forever spiritual successor. You're listening, no. Steve. Just go yeah. do that. Put a gun in your game. And then you guys have to do StarCraft Ghost. <laughs> Campo style. Uh, yeah. That's a game jam. StarCraft Ghost jam, where just everyone everyone's game is called StarCraft Ghost. Star and you just Ghost game. Yeah. Should we take a break? Yes, we should. We need to. That's excellent. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is an amazingly easy to use uh, just web development platform. Like you can make a website store, blog, portfolio, all sorts of websites with it with templates that are responsive from mobile to desktop. Just they look good without you having to try very hard. Um, it's what you wanted really badly in the early 2000s. Yes, but instead you had <laughs> yeah. some real nasty stuff. Yeah. Uh <clears throat> My wife, Dana, used Squarespace to make the website for our wedding. I don't think that Dana oh, has ever made a website. Maybe like she had to in school in the 90s, but um, I totally thought that I would be the guy who had to make the website for our <laughs> wedding because I am me. You're the web guy. I'm the web guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dana said she would do it and went to Squarespace and put together a, like a really just nice looking super easy to use site that our parents were able to navigate just fine to find (laughs) all the information they needed about our wedding and she threw it together in like a couple hours in an evening and it was a really good like yeah I assumed you had made that because no Squarespace yeah no it wasn't me it was Squarespace so there you go (laughs) that's yeah yeah so if you're interested in um, getting married and putting together a really nice (laughs) wedding website super fast uh, and cheap Go to squarespace.com and start your free trial. You can actually poke around and put a whole site together just in their trial mode. Um, but if you're interested in really getting into it, use the offer code THUMBS uh, at checkout to get 10% off your first order. Thanks, Squarespace. Squarespace. Squarespace.com. Offer code THUMBS. Mm. This episode of Idle Thumbs is also brought to you by Pro Flowers. Professional flowers. They're professional flowers sent wherever you'd like. Pro Flowers is a... Uh, it's an online flower online f- shipping Online florist, company. basically. Yes. I mean, yeah, it's you, your online florist. It's, uh, it's you know, it's proflowers.com. It's, I, I don't know. I mean, they deliver... <laughs> Really Flowers. beautiful flower arrangements <laughs> in vases. Yes. Um, we had some delivered to us recently, Jake. Yes. Um, and, I think uh, all of our respective homes right now yeah. have- Yeah, a, actually, the way I said that, it sounds like I'm living with you or something. No, uh, no, no. <laughs> uh, we, have, we have homes it's full of, of beautiful yeah. looking flowers. They, 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 they come in a box, which is nice because it protects them. You open it up. There's a vase inside with the flowers in it. There's food that you can put in, in the vase. Uh, uh, you know, you just you trim them. Oh, you put food, them in okay. there, and, and you're done. They the, last the, a long time. They look really nice for quite a while. Having that vase is, is a nice little touch. It's, it's good. It's really nice to just open that up and uh, not have to like worry about where to put them in. I have a feeling that um, something's happening soon that why these guys My birthday. Sponsoring. No, my birthday's a ways away. <laughs> Don't send me flowers. It's because Mother's Day is coming up. It is. So um, Pro Flowers 
has a uh, has a great deal actually. If you want to get 100 blooms for mom with a free glass face starting at 19.99, that's the deal. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> 100 of them. 100 <laughs> blooms. <laughs> oh no. Uh, this is blooms as in flowers you will not oh, get 100 100, okay, right. 100 Thank God. Thank God. For thank 100 God. gold blooms. <laughs> no. For for uh, 100 blooms in a, in a vase at 19.99. If you go to proflowers.com Click the microphone and type in thumbs. You can get that deal. Um, it's a totally good thing to send your mom for Mother's Day. Like, it's beautiful. It's what a mom likes. It's like it's just a nice thing to send. And you can do it really easily by just going to proflowers.com. Click on that sweet, <laughs> sweet microphone because of podcasts. And type in thumbs because that's our show. Mm. Um, Especially do this if you never send your mom flowers. It mm. will be an even greater That is totally surprise. true. As a person yeah. who rarely sends my mom something good on Mother's Day other than a phone call. Uh, the Pro Flowers move has been done in the past, and it is a totally good move. I, <laughs> I highly recommend it. Um, proflowers.com, click that microphone, type in thumbs. 20, blooms. 20 bucks for some blooms. Mom's happy. She loves it. Are we back? We gotta uh, come back uh, sometime, Jake. Oh, we never left. Nick. Please, please, we gotta be back. Okay, we're back. We got All things right. to do. Like record a podcast. Yeah, we're, we're doing it. it. <laughs> we're recording it. Gotta go and nothing. Probably live stream something, Nick. Is yeah. What are you gonna do after this? No, I haven't live streamed in weeks. I've been what? sick. I've been an ill person. What happened? So I got sick. <laughs> Who made you sick? What happened? To I you? don't know. I went out with Chris Remo, and then the next well, day I was sick. Well. That is a true well. story. <laughs> and now he's not here. Yeah. <laughs> mm. This is very suspicious. Yeah. I agree. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. Where did he go, though? Maybe that part, that has something to do with it. Uh, Smuggler's Cove for like a minute. Uh, we just met the Chris for like old, a minute. Dirty old. Wait, you met Chris for one minute? Like, on like, one, dr- like one drink's worth, and then I was sick. Drink's so I, I feel like <laughs> I met up with drink's worth. <laughs> The butler. You're like just Actually, describing the story of the back of Idle Thumbs Patreon uh, postcards. Yeah, yeah. Is that what it says on there? No, not literally, but fun- <laughs> functionally that. What, Nick? Uh, speaking of me being sick, I do have one game I wanted to recommend uh, before we... Being sick. Before we uh, get into whatever the rest of this podcast is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, while I was sick, uh, I was looking for a, a sort of like relaxing video game to play mm-hmm. as you do. Yeah, the sick um, game. Yeah, you know, the sick game. You don't want to stress yourself out yeah, when, you, you don't when you're want sick. Any, you you want, don't want to think too much. Yeah, you just want to think just enough. And it's got to be a game that you can play with a game pad because you're in bed, reclining. You're like lying. You're like, yeah, yeah, you're just like, a, yeah. A weird angle. Yeah, nothing nothing too intense because you might need to get up and... The TV is at a weird angle to your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. So what did you pick? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I picked this game that came out last year to very little... Notoriety, I feel, uh, but I'm actually really happy with the it. Witness. <laughs> um, no, it's award a game. Winning. It's you, you may have heard of it. It's a game called Steep. Maybe, did you hear about this game? E E P. Yeah, S T E E P. Um, it's an Ubisoft game. Uh, it's a it's a winter sports game. I guess is what you would call yeah, what? it. What? Okay. Yeah, I heard of this. Uh, <laughs> it, it's good. So you, it's it, the the concept was what. What's Faf? I, I enjoy winter steep, sports. I was like, All what right. could this possibly be about tea? <laughs> <laughs> no, it turns out that it's about something that's steep, like a fucking like a mountain. Yeah, steep. you are just <laughs> wow. Okay, cool. 
winter sports. So cool. This is where Real you cool. go. The tea game would have I been like cool. I like this idea of a tea game. Not Pray, the, the game where please. you become a winter cup. sports. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Um, no, you, you 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 snowboard around in this game. Uh, it's it's good. It's it's an open world uh, game, and it, you know it just looks like Skyrim, and that you, you you get sort of airlifted. But like way more sick. Well, yeah, clearly. Uh, no, it's actually you know. So when I you're think. Sick, you yeah. Get the sick. <laughs> sick Jesus. Game. So Chris uh, leaves and just the yeah. wheels. The wheels <laughs> don't even come off because they were never on. No, yeah. The fire just doesn't get put out. Yeah, <laughs> it just is allowed to burn. Um, <laughs> the um, no, I, I thought okay, there's a good chance that this will be like a crazy taxi soundtrack blaring in my face for two hours, and I'm like flying around in a wingsuit, and I hate it. Uh, but it wasn't that. It's it's actually a really relaxing uh, game. You you can just basically you know scroll around a, a giant open world map, and it's a 3D map. It's like Skyrim in the sense that you know you you can kind of pan the camera around and look at all these different uh, trails and you know areas of this sort of mountain um, in the Alps. And um, and you just hit a button, and then you get helicoptered in right on that spot. And then the game is kind of just whatever. Like, you don't really have to do anything. That's right. Um, how many tricks are available? I mean, there are a few. How many moves? There are some moves, but what it's your not... your longest combo? Well, yeah. I mean, there's that. Like, you can, like... But it's, like, relaxed. But is it but just really. That? It no, it's it's not even like it's not even making a point of that. Like they there is a you know the sort of tutorial guy that's like ah Mickey you better you know get your uh, get your shit together the 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 Red Bull uh, guy's gonna why is be it here Rick like, from Rick and Morty? <laughs> it's my only voice. Like it's all I can do. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> He's the Red Bull guy. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Anyway. But- <laughs> Your experience sounds like it was a lot more just sort of you're just yeah. snowboarding around. It's nice. You you, there are f- you sort of like on the D-pad, you can rapidly qu- switch between skiing, snowboarding, um, using a parachute. Wait, your character can sort of just like uh, mid-run. You can like inspector gadget your oh, way shit. into yeah, different and, mid-jump. But, I mean, you've got all this stuff on your back all the time. You've got like a pair of skis and like a snowboard. And it's like, it's that's ridiculous. So it's like weapon swapping, It's basically. like weapon swapping. But but what's cool is like one of them is just like walking. So so you can you can just run around <laughs> this on this mountain. So good. What's cool is no, no, no. One Here's the other thing. Walking. You can change the time of day at will. You mm-hmm. can change these sort of like atmospheric effects at will. And, and while you walk around, and you can just do whatever. It's cool. No, it has, that sounds really good. It has the passive kind of like Far Cry Three. <laughs> no, it's not even really Far Cry Three. It's more like um, it's more like Miyazmata, actually. Not that they, not that you're actually triangulating. It sounds anything, like sort of like big, but, the, like modern uh, hunting games. Also, are yeah, kind of a little bit. This. You'll see kind of like a, a an area of the map that you can you pull up. You can pull up binoculars at any time. And um, if you're close enough to uh, kind of this like gray shaded uh, zone on the mountain, you like can like a fog can, of war. Area? Yeah, kind of. You can hold down a button, and then it sort of unlocks that area as kind of like a, a trail. Um, and then as you is there like survival mechanics in no, this? No, there aren't any survival <laughs> mechanics. But as you're playing, it is sort of like I don't massively think there are any mechanics. It's, no. it's sort of like massively single player. Like occasionally you'll see people just skiing down the mountain, and then if you're close enough to them, you can like group up with them. Um, but then also, like, like there are kind of like challenge points where you'll you'll you know just see like a little ring that you ski into, and then it says like, do you want to like do this? challenge which some of them are like trick challenges some of them yeah. are just time trials whatever and then when you do that it just loads in ghosts 
Um, so does so that, that all happen against in other the persistent open world ghosts. space? Suddenly. Yeah, okay. it never it never breaks. So this it, you can just go to the top of the Alps and then yeah. ski to the bottom. If and the this entire game time, had just kind of humongous grind rails and also Run DMC came on when you did really well, this would be my ideal. I mean, game. it kind of does, Jake. Yeah, eh. it kind of does. Like you can do weird grinding. I've, like, I've talked stuff about I've talked like, about my love of the SSX series on yeah. this podcast too many yeah. times, and as those games got increasingly open world, they did not do what I wanted, which was yeah. basically pick a side. Either right. be an arcade racing game or be functionally what you're describing of just yeah. like, let me just chill out and snowboard forever. Because like there were some runs in the third SSX game, I think, which was the first open world one, mm-hmm. where you could just go to the top of a mountain and ski down basically the entire game by choosing, like you'd get to junction points between runs and you could right. just sort of like go through the gates. And I really liked that but I didn't like all of the sort of mid-2000s open world game. Everyone is texting you on your stupid oh, yeah, cell yeah, phone right. all the time to See, get to races that will load stream you into the wrong place and this all this stuff. This game almost don't... never bugs you at all. That's and what I want. And it's so nice. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't, know, I don't really know what else to say. Like, it's got all kinds of, like, strange sort of uh, extreme sports mechanics in it. Like, you can also just, by the way, like, first of all, your character is wearing a GoPro uh, all the time. <laughs> of course. And you can just hold down a button and then it switches to first person view, except it's not like a perfectly locked camera. It's, no, it's literally GoPro just view, the right? GoPro view. <laughs> so your arms and legs are just like flopping all over the place. <laughs> Playing in that mode is insane, <laughs> but also you can, anytime you're skiing or, or snowboarding or whatever, it's recording your path. So and then it. you can go to the map and it shows you like a trail almost as if it's like oh. a ski trail on a mountain. And then you can either just like replay that or you can like save it out to the community mm. and then p- and you can create your own like challenges out of your trail. So like if you just do like a weird thing and you go like, oh, that'd be really cool as like a thing that I want to like get better at or like, you know, create as right. like a time trial. You can create it as like a time trial where there are checkpoints. You can you can sort of just say I want this to be a more tactical thing where people can get to the goal however they want to. It's crazy. I don't know. It's really it's really like it's exactly like. Without knowing anything about this game and just seeing the sort of like box art and and like one screenshot, I was like, oh, I hope this game is just a thing where I can kind of just chill out and ski down a mountain and then occasionally just put a weird wingsuit on and try and like pilot wings my way into like a top leaderboard. And that that's but exactly you what it is. Crash into a leaderboard or <laughs> yeah, your way into victory? <laughs> Which way did you yeah. mean there? I meant it the other way, but uh, yeah, Mike's I mean you. Uh, do, like, you know what there? it is. You know what it is. <laughs> It, it's here's what this game is. I just realized what it is. It's the um, oh fuck, what's the name of that uh, goddamn game series that Chris and I played a lot of? Just Cause. It's Just Cause. Whatever the recent one was, I think it's. You I think it was three. Anything about? I this. think it was Just Cause three. Mm-hmm. It's just that without guns. Because that game is just all about like climbing up to the top of a mountain and then putting a wingsuit on and just kind of like doing a crazy thing and they have different challenges and like that was the fun of that game. Except for then you would really... also then like grapple and hook, grapple and hook two helicopters together right. and all that stuff. That's not in this. No. But the part where you just experience the majesty of the out of doors, however you want, that's completely there. seamless yeah. and just looks pretty. And and they just went all in on that stuff. And I don't know. I really like it. I feel like when this game came out, it didn't get well reviewed. I think people attacked like. The trick system isn't you know crazy enough. Like it's not Tony Hawk or SSX, so therefore, but like, oh, I just really like that. 
you're skiing down a mountain and it's quiet and you just hear birds and stuff and then occasionally like an ambient music track will just sort of like slowly peek but its way when into does the, the radio DJ like go whoa and like tell you about the race that's gonna start never oh unless you ask so it to an unless you unless game. you start unless you unless you like go to the map and click on a thing that is that and then yeah. then that happens sure. and then when you finish it then he says like oh now you can go to the cool thing you should try this trial over here on the other side of the mountain but then that guy never comes up again until you want him to that's good it's so you very have to, good basically you have to call him up yeah you have to call him you have to, you have to say like, lay it on me and he goes on, like, pay phone. <laughs> <laughs> on a payphone yeah it's set at a time before his cell phones that's why it's so and then good. he gives you a fucking but assassination you mission <laughs> and yes. then you can turn into a cup or a banana as, <laughs> as you're like going down a sweet jump <laughs> and then become just a banana <laughs> and fly off into the sky and glue gun yourself a ramp or whatever you need to do. That was bananas. <laughs> oh, uninstall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That sounds yeah, good. Yeah. What is that game um, called? It's called Steep. 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 Oh yeah. yeah. Of course, the T game. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> <a> slogan. <laughs> Steep. Yeah. The T game. game. <laughs> They're still supporting this game. I feel How like people just didn't buy it, but maybe they did. I hope they did. It might be the sort of um, game that just has it's like. A sort of secret, yeah, shallow but wide. Yeah. I hope so. Player base, like people who of only dads? play that one. Yeah. They just yeah. released a free, like, second open world map that's Alaska, and I just went to that, and it was really good. And they just released it for free. I'm, I'm just, I'm glad this game exists. It's actually, man, very well done. I'd really I'm, love if they could sneak some weird, like. Uh, I don't know, like gone home, sla- like I don't know, some like, or like you could encounter like a weird bear person from like that Herzog documentary, or something. <laughs> just like, have some weird like narrative right. stuff, you, like you, embedded you know, weirdly around the world. Just, you yeah, get, yeah, yeah, you get into, you just sort of find the abandoned weird cabin out yeah. there, and then it's like, I just like eat a finch all of a sudden. If <laughs> a space that is like you, you have to either really cleverly trick, your, trick jump your way down, or equip snowshoes so you can climb up the hill to a location that you could not get to otherwise. Then there's a creepy cabin, and then it unlocks the true game. <laughs> yeah, well, no, th- and then you go back to skiing. Then you go back to skiing, and like, but you can just yeah, you find two or three of those around that sort of puts together. Uh, a story about how this, this resort was stolen out from its original owner by some <laughs> shitty family member yeah, or whatever, and, and they're haunting it. It's yeah. on Native American ground, so that prey, prey can show can, up uh, yeah. and show you his portals to, <laughs> show to a you, space station. Show you his portals. <laughs> yeah. Check out my portal. Technology. <gasps> Check out I my mean, portals. Have you seen my portals? A skiing <laughs> game. Them. That also just has a portal that you go voomp into, and then you're some fucking I'm in Alaska. Oh my god! You're just no, you're in just what like oh, it's like it's like soaring around the world or something. Like all of a sudden, yeah. you're just like, whoa! Now I'm in San Francisco. Full end of Monsters Incorporated. Uh, yeah, right. Just like you're back on the ski slope. You're like, I'll Jesus. never. And then it just you'll never then you see just that again. Vomit onto the snow yeah. and just black out. And then it goes, oh, a race is about to start. <laughs> my my life will never be the same. Oh, you better get started. <laughs> <laughs> Steep. <laughs> uh, yeah. That would actually just reveal that it's in the Assassin's Creed universe. That's true. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you've been playing. It, it is you were in an animus all so along. It makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, should we do some reader mail? Yeah. Read some We're, reader I'm mail. I'm going to read a few reader mails. Oh. It's time for reader mail. Read by me, Chris Ramo. Do you want to read them, Chris? I think you should read them. I okay. think it's a you should read them, Chris. Treat. All right. If you yeah. have an email for us, write us at questions at idlethumbs.net and we'll read it. 
Well remembered. <laughs> <laughs> Got to plug the email address. Yeah. So this is from John. He Hi, says, John. "Hi thumbs." Hey John. There you go. Uh, first time, long time. Uh, recently on Important of True, you asked about old predictions you made on podcasts from the past. Well, I just discovered the Kickstarter progress feed in my feed, and there's a little tidbit from five years ago. In the episode, The Boot, The Obelisk, and The Eye, your guest Vincent Perea was describing his experience with The Legend of Zelda's Skyward Sword and how Link's shield can break. Jake suggested that they took a page, or that they take a page from the book of Far Cry 2, and he went on to posit a situation where Link bends the Master Sword. Although I don't know yet that that's technically possible in Breath of the Wild, I'm marking it down as well. Link, what's the Master Sword? Bends. bends it. Link bends the Master Sword. Oh, like you dent it? Is that what I was? I don't know. I don't like know. Bends it like. <laughs> I wonder. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> what? Yeah, I am. I thing. there's two parts of this. One, I Zelda Far Cry Two clearly, uh, but yeah, I I don't. I, I was curious, Jake, where are you? Uh, I, I can't recall, and I have not listened to a progress cast since we recorded them. Although yeah. they are available, I don't know if we've ever talked about that. Oh yeah, but um, the pro- the progress casts, which was like sixteen or oh, maybe almost twenty, sort of. They started off as ten minute episodes, then by the end were basically full episodes of Idle Thumbs that me and Chris and Sean did during the Kickstarter. They were backer exclusives for like five years, and then we sort of, ah, fuck it, and put them up on the Idle Thumbs website. So if you go to idlethumbs.net slash shows, scroll down to the bottom, there's a the Kickstarter cast, which is like a bunch of Idle Thumbs episodes from that era that you probably have never heard. Um, and one of them has Vincent Perea, who uh, was, he's a uh, friend of Sean's and... He was the art director on a bunch of Disney mobile games, like Where's My Water? But he did a piece of Kickstarter art for us, and it was it was a really good guest. And apparently, nailed it. Breath of the Wild called <laughs> during our Kickstarter exclusive content. That was the sort of content that people were really you right. know paying for yeah. with that Kickstarter campaign. Yeah. Um, well, they got it. And if you can bend that master sword, I wonder what you the guys. Fuck yeah, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think. Like bend the sword. I just finally. It, uh, well, that was a Wiimote game, right? Maybe you were like. <laughs> Maybe I, I was I hoping know, like, that you'd get the master sword, then it would turn into the singing sword from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Right, yeah. <laughs> the true master no sword. Idea. I'm Breath of the Wild has failed to bend. Has failed to not be interesting to me. Still, I'm playing it. You're at, still playing it. I'm playing it at such a slow pace. Wait. Like I, I am. So what you're saying is I'm it's fi- succeeded to be interesting. Yes. Continue. <laughs> it is okay. There are so many games of this style that wear out their welcome for me. That in a way, the Breath of the Wild has not. Like I, I've never taken my time with a game to the degree that I'm taking my time with this game. Like I'm, I'm just now finally fighting. Or like uh, trying to defeat the first sort of like big stupid beast thing. I can't remember their names. Just a great <laughs> the first beast. enemy. You're finally doing no, first but like enemy. I'm I'm doing. Th- I, I I got real wrecked uh, on that and decided that I would then just go aggressively explore parts of the world that I've not explored, and I'm finding all sorts of really good stuff. And like, I don't know. I, it's. Uh, I I feel like this this the sort of spoiler veil has not yet been lifted on this game enough that yeah. like, I still don't want to talk about it. But jeez, it's good to like a game as much as I'm liking it. Are you over it? Uh um you know, a little bit, but only because I played so much of it. I yeah, really I played I, I, I a lot of it. I think I probably put fewer hours than either you or Chris I'm going to go have, back so. to it like shortly, but I did need kind of a week yep. to to sort of step away from it. But did you see the DLC got announced and it's actually 
It has a few things in it that I'm more horse excited armor. about than no. I mean, no. there's there's a uh, hero armor, like link armor, armor. tingle it, armor. The way that the DLC works is you pay. It's like twenty dollars, which is like basically a season yeah. pass, and it's the only way to get it. The, this first DLC is just a bunch of miscellaneous stuff that they're adding to the game, and then the second DLC is, I think, additional narrative content and maybe additional map content. Mm-hmm. But this DLC, the, I was I was into it more than I thought I would be. I was just too. Being sort of a smattering of stuff. I really like the sort of, yeah, like the extra mechanics. Uh, I was not expecting. I when they initially, like I think when they initially announced all this stuff, it was just known they that this it, was like there are going to be some new like items. And they said things, new items in like, the first one and the new real core. It content sounded in the more like drop. just armor, which that's in there. But then also they're adding a feature where. Uh, it's going to track exactly where you've gone on the world it map. It has for been tracking. Hours. Yeah, it has been tracking, but like for 200 uh, hours of play. Like which reality. Is, yeah. Which, like, uh, yes. I want, yeah. I want that badly just to know where yeah, I've been map so that I can so the go map, to the area. Right. DLC, it'll show you where you have and haven't actually traveled in the, in the world. The other thing that they're giving you is an arbitrary drop this anywhere on the in the world and it stays on your map as a teleport point so you can choose a home base location or just like yeah. a place that's really annoying to get to that you wish you could get to for a while while you're trying to sort of do something you can yeah. jump a hearthstone i guess yeah <laughs> yeah so you can you can have a hearthstone but yeah, yeah. That, that and then there's a bunch of armor that is ridiculous including a tingle costume <laughs> yeah that's the best got to get that yeah. tingle costume that's exciting yeah full full tingle Mustache attire Mustache included uh, does Tingle have a mustache? Doesn't he have like a weird? Yeah, he's got that little. Thin, I should know this. We used to have an he's office that full of Tingles. Right? He has a stupid little. Yeah, like this kind of thing. Yeah, this is the. Uh, there's no mustache. Oh my there. god, that's yeah. powerful. Yeah, that yeah is Link, a powerful outfit. <laughs> Link wearing a Tingle outfit is very intense. <laughs> that's definitely yeah. worth twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is. Yeah, there's a few other <laughs> outfits that have different abilities to them, but the just the sort of map upgrade stuff was like that's cool and it would I would actually I'm glad that Nintendo priced it the way they did I don't know how people in general are feeling about it but I feel like knowing that they're working on additional narrative DLC and for the cost of that you in the meantime will sort of get like like an appetizer course of DLC is how I've been picturing this like that's fine I don't mind that my Zelda game because I paid for the DLC will just at some point soon have more just things drop in it. Yeah. more stuff that slightly changes the game experience. Like great, yep. that's fine. That's fine with me. Yep, I'm. I'm. I was very surprised. Yeah, bent swords. Um, <laughs> I wonder what I meant. Yeah, I know. I'm very. We'll find out. It's very perplexing. I'll go back in the and next listen to DLC? it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, master sword bending unlocked. <laughs> what? <laughs> For attacking around corners and stuff. Um, should I read the the uh, incredibly intellectual video game uh, reader mail, or should I read the uh, reader mail about getting drunk? Probably both of those. Go uh, in the order you just described. Yeah, probably. That's, so, that's, yeah. that's what I'm. That's what I'm going to do. That's the normal <clears throat> order of how those. Oh, things. Long one, one real quick Zelda thing. It is, I guess, a spoiler to say that this Zelda game, like many, has the Lost Woods in it. <gasps> oh yeah, Spoiled. the Lost Woods works in a way and feels like what I thought The Lost Woods would work like and feel like when I first heard that that was even a place you could go in a Zelda game. Okay. I really enjoyed it. I knew you would. Uh, if you remember on the podcast like three weeks ago or whatever. You talked about I was it. like, oh, Jake, you're really going to like this. Yeah, it's really, really good. I forgot to talk about the game that I played while I was sick that was, uh, that was uh, I don't the know where I'm going I'm with this skiing. sentence, but I played I played Zelda 1 for the first time since I was a child, oh, okay. like a very young child. I loaded up Zelda 1. Uh, oh, man, is that game still really really good and i have to say i so i only ever played that game as like an eight-year-old okay 
Uh, I never. Did you play it on a virtual console or something? Where did you? Or, yeah, yeah. Okay. I never played it as as an adult. As an adult, yeah. it had a history of like being able to understand what a video game was. Uh, <laughs> I was shocked because my memory of playing that game was I don't know where I'm going. I'm completely lost. This world seems compl- like entirely unknowable, and I'm just going to stumble around for hours and basically get nothing done. I never beat it. It was just that game where I get lost in the woods, and right. it's entirely mysterious. Man, that game is actually like in a from a modern context, like actually having just played Breath of the Wild, like oh man, it. I mean, this is an obvious thing to say because they they did make that direct connection in their GDC talk yeah. and everything. But like, it really does feel like Breath of the Wild in the sense that like, yeah, you can just immediately go anywhere, but the world is designed in such a way that you're not really stumbling around. I found the first dungeon in the f- maybe like five minutes. And I was so happy because I thought, oh, my God, I lucked into finding this thing. But then I just found the next one, like, 10 minutes from then. I was just knocking down stuff. Right. And just and it was still really enjoyable. Uh, and it was fun to play that game as an adult who knew how to play a game and had some, you know, idea yep. of what the hell to do. It, it really still holds up a lot. It's really, really good. Nice. Yeah. Anyway. Reader mail. <laughs> and now the intellectual email. <clears throat> yes. Channel uh, some intellectual... <laughs> Voice from oh, I think like, I think I you think just, you would need to do that. Oh, because I'm the most intellectual. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm no. the least intellectual. Yeah, here this because is a long you're one. from a country that isn't this one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. My intellectual. Yeah, this prowess. is from Kevin Hainline. <clears throat> Kevin Hainline <clears throat> says, Cube. Uh, oh, "Hey, hello. thumbs." Recently, I read this article. Would you like me to read out the URL for this article? You can. Uh, what is the article in general? It's called "What's the Matter with Covert Action." Okay. It's about the Sid Meier game, Covert Action, discussing how the game had some issues that made it less successful than Meier's earlier work. It's a good read, but what I mostly was excited to read in the article had to do with the academic debate that the article summarized between ludologists, theorists who see games primarily as dynamic systems, and narratologists who see games primarily as narratives. Uh There's a quote by a developer, he worked on Eastern Front 1941 and Balance of Power, Chris Crawford from December of 1987, where he writes in support of ludology, discussing process intensity, which he defines as the degree to which a program emphasizes processes instead of data. He writes... (laughs) How long is this thing? Okay. He writes... The most powerful resistance to process intensity, though, is unstated. It is a mental laziness that afflicts all of us. Process intensity is so very hard to implement. Data intensity is easy to put into a program. Just get that artwork into a file and read it onto the screen, store that sound effect on the disk, and pump it out to the speaker. There's instant gratification in these data-intensive approaches. It looks and sounds great immediately. Process intensity requires all those hours mucking around with equations because it's so indirect, you're never certain how it will behave. The, d- the results always look so primitive next to the data-intensive stuff, so we follow the path of le- least resistance right down to data intensity. I think that it's really interesting that the tension in video games over simulation versus narrative this has been raging of- since yes. the 80s and still seems to form the core tension that Idle Thumbs explores. You responded so well to Breath of the Wild because of the process intensity and not really the narrative. I have never once heard you describe the storyline for Far Cry 2, but you've talked about it so often because of what might happen as a result of the intertwining systems. Do you think that this is an accurate assessment of your aesthetic desires? Do you think that you're just drawn more into games as weird systems? 
Where does a LucasArts adventure game or even an Uncharted play into this debate? Thanks for all the casts, Kevin Hainline. <laughs> Rubik's Cube on Idle Forums. This is an intense <laughs> email because, man, ludology versus narratology was like the internet was just yeah. shitting itself like over this when Idle Thumbs, the website, was first around. Yeah, I and, like, and like the stuff. sort of mid 2000s. Like we've talked about, I can't remember how to pronounce it. Jesper Yule. <laughs> Jesper Yule, yeah. We did it. Uh, like, I remember he, in the sort of mid-2000s, was the torchbearer of mm-hmm. sort of games academia mm-hmm. and the sort of ludology. And then there were a bunch of the sort of, like, I think it was sort of pre-modern indie game adventure game developers, like the sort yeah. of like guys who were making, like, all the sort of Sherlock Holmes games yep. and... Uh, Siberia and the longest journey. I feel like we're like, mm-hmm. how dare you? Blah blah blah. Like, what is <laughs> like uh, getting a very uppity about about the power of narrative and these things. And I don't know how to talk about it on Idle Thumbs because the things that we talk about on this show all the time, the stuff that we get the most excited about is the sort of cavalcade of systems that are stumbling over themselves to create a gameplay experience. But the sort of games that we all make are super narrative heavy <laughs> yep. games. Yep, uh, like Nick. And I both worked at Telltale for a while. I worked there way longer than you. You I work, didn't work, you, you work at, at Double Fine, which it's is true. known though for adventure games and story heavy stuff. Even though obviously there's more system stuff, but the pedigree of that studio sure. is narrative. Sure, sure, Steve sure. Gannon left out of thumbs to make uh, to invent the walking simulator. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, like we, Chris and I work at Campo Santo, uh, which basically, I mean, our game like Gone Home has physics in it and it has all sorts of things that sort of. Borrow the aesthetics of a systems-heavy game, but it's very narrative and content-focused. And I don't know how to... Like, I wish Chris was actually here for this question because I feel mm. like he'd be better at untangling I mean, this. I, so, I mean, I guess the question was, do you feel like that, that accurately describes your desires? And it kind of... I, I guess it yeah. kind of does, cause, but yeah. I, I don't want to put too much on old fear 2017 or pray, fuck... They're all the same. They're all the same. They're all the goddamn fear. same fear. Remember fear? I yeah. was thinking about Steve. You were thinking about Steve on, and then you thought about fear. Who yeah. on, who mm. I was, whenever I think of Steve Gaynor, I, I think of I, fear. I, I That's the opening line of Full Throttle Remastered. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like like a lot of the, you know, when you're talking about the, the, the things that you are and you're getting excited about them, it's because you have all these adventures and stories and things that happen to you that don't happen to anybody else. Yeah. And those narrative-driven things are, you know, more or less... Uh, the same for everybody in terms of what's delivered to you. Yeah, I think narrative and games so are bad pod- podcast content for sure. Even though mm. I'll, I'll go play one and spend the mm. few hours that it takes to get through a narrative experience and enjoy it, but like, it's not. Why would I talk about it on a podcast? Well, yeah, like yeah. talking about Edith Finch earlier, right? It's really hard to just sit and go, "Oh, look, this cool thing happened to me when I played it," without kind of really, really worrying about what it, you're yeah. spoiling for people or, um, you know, basically that. It's it's it, it's so. also tough because like the things you might get in if you were on like a a more sort of film critical discussion podcast is how that fits into the sort of the creator or team's other work or sort of getting into a thematic mm-hmm. discussion mm-hmm. or getting into the execution of specific moments, but that's also predicated on the assumption that your audience is then all going to go out and pay just a few dollars and spend a couple hours in their seats and watch that movie. I don't. I just don't yeah. think that people consume narrative games with the voracity that film enthusiasts can conf- uh, consume film. So it's hard to talk about those games in that way. It's also much harder unless everybody has played all the way through. 
Yes. Like when you do, if you're doing a true book club, <clears throat> then, you know, yeah. everybody reads the section and then you'll discuss that section. Whereas if it's one person we, saying, well, hey, I played this story it, game, let me tell you we, about it. Well, well and even, even within it. that, though, like uh, so many story games branch or, you, you know, you we can't actually, possibly consume the exact same set of content. We actually tried it as an experiment you know? when her story came mm-hmm. out because everyone... Uh, uh, man, I can't remember all who was on that episode. Were you on the Her Story spoiler cast? Maybe, I know yeah. Chris and Danielle <laughs> sort of headed that up because people just kept asking for us to talk about Her Story in a, in a full-blown form. So we said, okay, we're going to do a split-off episode that is a Her Story spoiler cast. And the people who had completed Her Story and could listen <laughs> to a Her Story spoiler cast went, oh, wow, thanks. But yeah. like the audience at large, it just didn't – It just it's so hard to do, I think. Right. But, I mean, also – you know, people are just going to put dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of hours into a Souls game or into Breath of the Wild or into a Far Cry or Spelunky in a way that you just don't with a narrative game. So it just gives you, there's just, it's, yeah, it's just, they're just different. I mean, Chris yeah. and I, I wish Chris was here again because we've talked a lot <laughs> about like, yeah, you guys, is there actually a sort of like impermeable boundary between those two styles of games because you sort of have games that start with a narrative or with a sort of like a high concept or with a world and they'll sort of push systems farther and farther and farther out but really the core motivator of it is this is the experience that we want players to get through or you have games that start um, I forgot Chris Crawford's words from the 80s and I'm sorry about that but or you have (laughs) games that, that start very much from clearly some systemic goals and some prototyping and design experimentation and an aim to create a simulated set of of systems and mechanics that a player can explore and then you can maybe bolt mechanics in a world on top of those that sort of but like <clears throat> you know top down or bottom up or is your high concept yeah <clears throat> a sort of narrative and story based one or is it a mechanics based one and I don't I, I wonder if it is like two asymptotic curves that will never actually cross over even well, though you can you can you can have the games that have one thing in the in the service of the other, but I don't know if there's there's not that many where both actually completely harmoniously coexist. That's true. I, I mean, yeah, and a lot of this just comes down to personal like taste. Which too. Games, like which games which games exist? And I'm sorry, I'm, this is not a rhetorical question. This is a genuine question. Which games exist where people talk about? Oh God! Then this crazy thing happened. Then this happened. Then I did this, and then did that. And then this crazy thing happened in the story, and I learned this thing about my player character that was really emotionally moving. That doesn't; those two like, things. Yeah, don't happen. I mean GTA, but not really but because you're it's just, just playing a, like a, those, those GTA, like, like the walls story. up inside the game itself. Those walls are almost uh, yeah. impermeable, where you're like yeah. you're playing an open world thing, then you hit a story mission, and you literally are just watching a cutscene. Like I don't like yeah. it, like. It's interesting to have been playing this little bit of... I mean, the, I guess Immersive Sims are kind of the games that try to bridge that gap. Yeah. And, like, this new Prey seems like they're very markedly trying to sort of... By flowing the game up and down between the sort of Half-Life and, and the Immersive I mean, Sim thing. But then, again, you can sort of feel... I can the see why he's up and up and down I can see why he brought in I brought up Uncharted. I mean, yeah, that, but that game's systems I feel like probably don't really Uncharted more or less everybody's playthrough of that game is Uncharted more or systems less the same. are there yeah. to get you like they're, they're sort of just like pacing I mean, food, you know, you know? what? Like Half-Life 2 Episode 1 was poking at this a little bit, right? I mean, like that game's systems Half-Life are... 2 Episode 2 even, even more maybe, right? That's the one yeah. that with the big car chase. But I mean with Alex following you around in Episode 1, mm-hmm. you have a character that's sort of building up without 
you know, throwing up a cutscene. But then also, yeah. it's a weird, crazy game. I'm sure people who are listening to this episode are just screaming a yeah. bunch of yeah, like, well, maybe you'll get a ton of reader mail. About, like, no, you know what? Games I hope people or do write in about critical it. Yeah. thought or mm-hmm. whatever. Like, w- for people who <laughs> make a bunch of this stuff. <laughs> questions. Yeah, questions at IsleFums.net. Like, it's oh, actually... It's it's tough because on its face the sort of ludology versus narratology thing, I'm kind of exhausted. Yeah, by yeah, at of course. this point. Well, but <clears throat> but like just teasing out how these things work inside your brain as a player of games is the thing that I'm that I'm interested in 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 a less academic and more just sort of like colloquial. Let's talk about it way. I guess I yep. don't know. I'm sure people will write in and say that Dark Souls is is the perfect example of this, but I. I don't I, think I would prefer people if you were going to write in to to please let's move off of Dark Souls. I've, we've talked enough about Dark Souls and, and sort of and that's, I but and I that's I, also I, different. It is different, I and I, that's why I hope people write in about other games because I would be interested. It seems to, like the way yeah. that you engage with Dark Souls, the sort of fiction of the person that you're playing as is not emotionally interesting. It's what's happening yeah. to you and your emotions and the world of the game. But there's like yeah. the middle piece of like. Who are you and like what do you want? Do you, and yeah, like, like yeah. Th- that seems like what narrative games are often more yep. about is like not necessarily creating empathy because that's also a really dangerous th- goal to tread in, but just sort yeah. of like a feeling of suspension of disbelief that 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 bridges the gap between you and your character or you and if there's not a character sort of the world that you're inside of and the events that are happening there and you being swept up inside of those events the same way that you are in less interactive stuff. Yep. Um, But that coexisting with, and then I used the goo gun to (laughs) put a thing on the wall and I was able to ricochet my arrow and unlock a door I wasn't supposed to unlock. The the, the disconnect that you usually end up Mm. in is the designer going... And then a player is going to unlock a door they're not supposed to unlock in the game going, aha, you've unlocked the door you weren't supposed to unlock. And you right. go, well, I was supposed to unlock it because if the game literally explicitly had the dialogue, you know, it, once you put that explicit narrative content in, yeah, it, it makes the systemically random actually just a pachinko machine to unlock a bunch of sort of predetermined content. Yep. And I don't know how you bridge those. True AI. That's the answer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah. No, I'm, no. I'm. I'm sorry if by if I'm accidentally like going off into space or crapping, no, no, no. crapping on someone's game somewhere or like a school of thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not trying to. I'm not professing to be any expert or or person about. It. It's just a thing. You know, it's a thing to think about all the time. It's interesting. Um, I hope people do write in. Yeah, please do. Because I, I, I would like. Christmas. Let's continue the narratology <laughs> versus ludology yeah, debate. Yeah. No, give, don't call it that, though, please. No, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting. I'll yep. give Chris a chance to come back. It'll and be give like, Chris why is the inbox full of this? Chris stuff? will be like, you guys talked about what on the show? You talk. Oh, you, that's all our reader mail <laughs> Chris is now. Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> You talked about the canceled prey in 1987, Chris Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> we need JP on this show. Oh man, yeah, that's true. Um, you have to read us your drunken email now. Oh, I think we're... I, no, 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 no. You can't you tease, oh, all right. well, you can't tease that and then not deliver. <clears throat> it's yeah. a very simple email. This is from Matt. He says, There's a bar arcade in Chicago that I frequent that has, among other things, a Tetris cabinet, and I love playing that game while a little bit drunk. Are there any pl- games you enjoy or even prefer while a little bit drunk? <sighs> I don't That's usually, very sweet. Yeah, I don't usually play games when I'm a little bit drunk, but... 
what, what's yours, Nick? Oh, it's just Dark Souls. <laughs> okay. Because it, because drunk. it allows my brain to kind of like stop thinking just enough to actually focus okay. on the on the sort of reactive stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess, I How about you, Nick? I mean, <laughs> I mean, Chris. I mean, Dark Souls. I mean, <laughs> I, mean it's just, I mean, something like Johann Sebastian Joust. Just, oh, man. Just, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. Like Nidhogg. You know, yeah. if you fall over, you're going to hurt less. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be fine. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. No. But when you're just alone. I'm more likely to just be high whilst playing games. Oh. That's way more interesting. I recommend that. Uh, that guy. <laughs> Whatever his name was. You recommend drugs? <laughs> <laughs> I recommend medicine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. My answer was easy. So just all games for Nick. <laughs> yeah, Any game, every game I've ever no, played. No, it's not true. Nick Brecken. <laughs> no, I actually generally don't like playing most games drunk. Uh, for for me, it's just with Dark Souls. Just, it, it really hard. it softens the blow of failing in that game, and also just focuses the mind. It's right. The, it's it's really yeah. It's really, <laughs> it's really just that game. <sighs> anyway. Is there a YouTuber? Probably is that just gets drunk and plays. Oh God! Is man. there a YouTuber who gets drunk? But that, okay, Christ. but is then there yes. that also is interesting? <laughs> when that happens, is if that you know thing? of one? Right, yeah. said. It's not me. Thumbs down head. It's not Nick. <laughs> Isn't it? Nope. <laughs> not even close. All right. You're calling it. I think that's the end of this podcast. Yes. Thanks for listening to Idle Thumbs. You can find oh god, wow, we need Chris so bad. We're on Twitter at Idle Thumbs. We're on. <laughs> you're just getting increasingly desperate. <laughs> we're on Twitter. <laughs> you can find us on Twitter at Idle Thumbs. All of uh, the videos of all of our episodes are posted to our YouTube channel, which is YouTube.com/slash/IdleVideos. Uh, there's links to our Twitch, our Facebook, a billion other things at IdleThumbsPodcast.com. If you like this show, which is now a monthly show because we're um, we do too many podcasts. You please do tell a friend about it. We still put an episode out every month, as well as a Patreon Q and A, like exclusive mailbag weird episode in between. Another one of those is coming very soon. Tell your friends about our stupid show, or rate us on iTunes <laughs> if you like us. <laughs> uh, also, if you haven't listened to our other podcast, Important If True, we do that every week. It's a ruckus mess of just I don't even know how to describe what that podcast is. This you, take the games out. It's not this. even that. It's no. like strange, strange things in pop culture that we find and are fascinated by to the point of self destruction. Yeah. Uh, people writing us in uh, asking for personal advice or uh, <laughs> advice to untangle weird things that have bothered them. Strange stories. This on this yeah. on this last week's episode of Important If True, um, Davy Reedon, who made the Stanley Parable and uh, the Beginner's Guide, asked us a question about the intricacies and rules of the the genie in Aladdin <laughs> that had been bugging him since he was a child, and we were really happy to uh, unwrap that. It turns out that the genie is af- afraid of commitment and was in a codependent relationship. <laughs> yeah. um, so um, spoilers. Well, you know, we'll find out, <laughs> but uh, check that out. Yeah, and. Is that all of our podcast for now? I think so. Spaff, thanks for being the new Chris. No problem. Nick, thanks for being the new Jake. You're welcome. I'm Jake Rodkin. (laughs) (laughs) This is Idle Thumbs. This is Idle Thumbs. Bye. Bye. Do a thing. Whoa. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
<laughs> <laughs> okay, so, whew. 